previously on Just Cow in the City. Merry New Year, everybody. In this country, we say Happy New Year. We're having a good time, and the podcast is back. That's the most important thing. I, I don't know. I'm from America. <laughs> How are you? You tell me I got to get out of line, go back upstairs and check my coat? David, tell your mother you need to transfer to the Catholic school. I had popcorn and soda and cookie dough at the movies. My tummy hurts. <laughs> what am I, 12? And the life we lead continues to push on We've all had a rotten day So what's Just Gal gonna say? He hopes to take a moment of your time To make you feel much better when you hear about his day Little magic power makes your problems seem okay. If you're looking for action and nothing that's new, just go in the city is the podcast for you. If you like listening to things that no one else would do. Just Cow in the City is the podcast for you. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another exciting episode of Just Cow in the City, 2024 edition, January 16th of that year we had just mentioned. Nice to see everybody. Boy, I am excited to do the podcast. It truly is amazing what two weeks off can do. I get very excited. I feel I'm just going to bring you action this year. Action! <laughs> because, you know, just uh, I feel like compacting the podcast somehow has provided more action, and less drivel. But again, you know, we're not getting away from the drivel. The drivel is the best part of the podcast. And uh, there will be plenty of talk today about diarrhea and all the kind of stuff you love about Just Gallon City. Uh, well, I hate opening with that. But hello, everybody, and thank you for coming. We've got a couple of new Patreon followers. Fantastic. Thank you so much for signing up. I can't believe it. It's fantastic. I'm telling you, 2024 is going to be my year. <laughs> I got to be, because sooner or later, it has to be, right? I am so due. I mean, this has to be a sensational year. I've been in a good mood ever since the 31st is over. Ever since I got past December 31st, I'm good. I've been, I've been happy. I've been, I've been trying not to let myself get depressed when I feel it coming on. So I feel like there's a difference. Come on. Or, or I have to tell myself that. But whatever it is, <laughs> yeah. So... Let's see what we've got in store for you today. And believe me, there's plenty. So why don't we just kind of begin with Monday night as I told you what was going to happen. Now, Monday night was the big night. I get to hang out with my idol, 
from growing up with a lot of guys my age and girls, idol, growing up, Larry from Three's Company. Of course, I'm talking about the great Richard Klein. But don't insult my intelligence. <laughs> he expects me to believe he's having dinner with the girls. Would you give me that phone? Get out of here, Larry. Hello? Oh, uh, hi, Mr. Angelino. No, no, that, that, uh, that was crazy, Larry. He likes to play with phones. <laughs> and it is funny to say, now, I don't know anyone that would rather hang out that wouldn't want to hang out with Richard Klein or Larry from Three's Company more so than Joe Biden or somebody. I mean, let's face it. This guy's the greatest. And he really still is the greatest. So as you may recall, I had to go to see this awful, awful Rachel Lenahan show. Now, Rachel Lenahan is my friend. And I do enjoy her company. And I think she has the opportunity to become a good comic unlike olga <laughs> olga as i always told you was a really good comic and had an opportunity but her drinking and nonsense and other tomfoolery is going to leave her in the dust where everybody else will excel and that is a sad sad thing i feel bad for olga because i really think she had a chance to work things out rachel lenahan is like, uh, she's good. She's got an opportunity. She's kind of like Stephen Wright. She's got a lot of good jokes and everything. But what she did, which is kind of evil, and I don't even know whether I may talk to her again because I, I, I can't figure out if she knows what she's doing and knows what she put us through to see her perform, is that, you know, we want to support her, right? Like me and, and Richard and, and, and anybody that's a friend of hers, right? We want to support our friends who do comedy. And what she did was she said, hey, I'm taping a 30-minute special. I'm quoting special because, you know, it's unfortunately the big boys are all doing Netflix specials. And then you have these little folks that feel they have to record a special. I, I, it's, it's really annoying. Now, this is her second one. And I don't know if it's the same material or not, but it's TV taping. But she does it with this other girl, this awful other girl what was her name i would not have a problem saying her name because she stinks and here's the issue that i have with it stinks i mean first of all it's like a bar mitzvah it's like it's like a bar mitzvah and you go to somebody's bar mitzvah that you know a kid a friend of the family or a friend when you were 13 or whatever it is and then you got to sit through another kid you have no idea who it is because there's so many people that have to get bar mitzvahed, they do two at a time. And I've heard from my sister that they started doing three at a time. And what is worse than that? Sitting through a bar mitzvah, the ceremony I'm talking about at first, is bad enough. But then, you know, it's like, it's like when they take um, mass at a wedding. You know, you're just like, no, no, I'm here for the ceremony. I don't care for the religious experience. That's why I like Jewish weddings are not religious. They just get right to the ceremony. So there's nothing worse than a religious experience you got to sit through because it's just dull. But I do prefer the church over the temple. So it sucks when there's another kid. And normally, if I find that that's the case, I don't go. And I'd be very honest with people. Look, if, you're getting, if your kid's getting bar mitzvah with somebody else, I ain't going. I'm sorry, but that's, that's my rule. And it's a great rule to have as long as you're consistent with it. But unfortunately, I believe my niece... Liza and 
I, and Dory, I think both got. I mean, there was nothing I could do then. I didn't make that rule then. Now I know that it stinks. This is pretty much what it is. We got to sit through this other horrible girl that nobody that should never be doing a TV taping at this point before we get to our friend Rachel. And then they have an MC, like an MC or a warm up guy who also stinks. And I haven't spoken to her yet because I'm angry at her right now because I need to know if this was her plan, if she's just evil in the sense of making us sit through this stuff because I feel like she could have done it better or maybe she wasn't in charge. So I need to find that out and I need an honest answer. Otherwise, we cannot be friends anymore. So I go to this place. It's called Caveat. And already I can just tell you the dress is like 121 a <laughs> Clinton Street, all the way on the Lower East Side, but right by Chris Murphy, my friend who I have wings with every Monday night's apartment. So I knew I was meeting him after, so he didn't have to go because he's not friendly with her. He's like, there's no way I'm going to that. I'm like, no problem. At least we'll be on the same block, and then we'll rush over to the wings place and watch the national championship like men, the college national football championship. So I, I leave work at, so I, I, you know, I finish work at four o'clock and I'm like, you know, I'm not going to go home this time. Lately, I've been going home and then so I don't get, you know, just because what do I do for three hours? This thing starts at seven is, you, you know, I was drinking for a while and I'm like, I can't do that anymore. It's just it, it's too messed up. So I've been going home, put my stuff down and leave. But this was on the Lower East Side and I walk through there every day to get home. So it seems stupid. I decided at four, I would just take a nap. At work, when I was finished, so I turned off the lights and nobody. I was there by myself, and I took a nap until about five. But I couldn't fall asleep. Normally, I can fall asleep immediately, but for some reason, I just it just wasn't working. I guess I had too much on my mind, so I did a little bit of uh, work, and then I left at five o'clock. And I said, "I'm going to walk slow up to the Lower East Side, probably two and a half miles. Probably two and a half miles. Yeah, I don't think it's more than two and a half miles." And I walk up there, and I get to the place, and of course, I'm still 40 minutes early. I can't get to a place late anymore. I'm just always early, like old men are supposed to be, I guess. I don't know. So, well, I'll say that, but then I'll tell you the next. So I get to this place, and I go downstairs, and it's a very pleasant place. But uh, first, this, this, I guess, trans guy you know, is at the door like, how many are in your party? <laughs> I am not mature enough to just be okay with that. I mean, I am okay with it, but I just, I still, it still throws me off. You know, I'm not, I'm not ready. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not mature enough. There's no other word for it. So I'm like, I'm here. And remember, I had to buy tickets for this, but they, they were very cheap. So I just go in and I get a table by myself. Like I just sit at this table. It's a long table. I know people are going to join me, but I'm holding a seat for Richard. And Richard is coming because Rachel is in his class, his acting class. And that's where I met her. And so I was excited. I'm waiting for him to come. The guy comes. And, and then when I told you about old people coming early, well, he came at exactly 8, maybe 8.01. And I'm like, what the hell? But he is coming all the way from Jersey and then going to the Lower East Side. That's a real far trek. So he finally gets there, and I'm like, hey, I saved you a seat. And he's like, oh, no, I'm, I'm sitting with these girls. Because I saw there was a bunch of girls there, and I was afraid to talk to them, and they were really pretty. And then he's like, oh, no, I'm sitting with these girls. And I'm like, you know, 
I had a feeling he might be this, like, well, I'm like, you know these girls? He's like, well, I know this one and this one and this one. I mean, he really is Larry. He's Larry. I mean, I, the guy's going to be 80 in April, but he's still Larry. He's like, hey, Dave, why don't you come sit? You know, like, at the, I was just sitting by myself, and I was having an okay time. The guy served me a can of beer. I had a can of beer, and I was fine by myself. I don't even look at my phone. I'm just sitting there minding my own business, and I don't care. I'm used to drinking alone. So then when he sat down with these girls, he's like, sit here, sit here. I'm like, no, nah, I'm, I'm okay, I'm okay, because uh, I don't know, all of a sudden I, I didn't want to be bothered. But I was okay. I really was fine. And uh, But I was confused. The only reason I was going was because he was going to be there. So I thought we were sitting together. I should have known he had a plan to be with a bunch of girls. Silly me for forgetting who he was for one golden moment. Anyway, the MC comes on. This guy's the fucking worst. I mean, just absolutely horrible. I don't know whether he was gay. It doesn't, it doesn't matter, but he wasn't very charming. He just kept talking about being old at 40 and, you know, me and Richard are sitting there going, shut up, and, and talking about cocaine. And it was just really weird, and he was one of the worst warm-up guys. And obviously, I'm sitting there going, why, why would they let this guy? Like, why didn't she ask me to do it? Or something. I mean, I don't know whether I would have, but I'm just saying, this guy? And we don't know who's going first, but it turns out it's the other girl. Of course it is. And this girl stinks. There's the, the fact that she's doing a TV tape. And again, I don't know whether Rachel just said, hey, do this. I need a TV tape or a tape. And you should just perform 30 minutes. This girl should never be performing 30 minutes. She was awful, and the worst part is if she was truly there to make a TV tape, then she's a dope because she's talking to the audience and asking questions because the problem is she sees people like Sarah Silverman do that on her TV tapings, but Sarah Silverman is a comedy legend and knows how to handle something like that. This girl's a fucking idiot, and we're sitting through there, and you know, Richard just keeps looking at me. He's like, <sighs> I mean, or as soon as the MC comes in, he goes, well, let's get ready for some bad comedy. So he even knew how bad this was going to be. And I mean, this girl sucked. And then they bring on Rachel, and it seemed like everybody was there for her, and everybody was clapping. So it seemed like not only was she the headliner, but I guess all her friends were there for her in the acting class. But remember, the acting class, only women. <laughs> you know, no men from the acting class. Only hot girls from the acting class. It was epic. Rachel was really good. I mean, you know, she's like got that Stephen Wright dry delivery, which is fun, and the jokes were good. I think, like I said, she's got a chance. So then, you know, you're forgetting about it, that how horrible everything is. And then she finishes, and, you know, I say, I don't know. I don't know what I said. I'm like, you suck. I mean, like, but not you suck. Like, she was good, but I was just so angry at the whole thing. And Richard's like, come on, let's go. And I'm like, what? what, what is the rush? I thought we would... Uh, Say hello to Rachel. Come on, we got. I'm starving, and I'm like, well, I'm not. I, I got to call Murphy and tell him to meet us. So come on, well, he's not here, and I'm like, what are you in a rush for? But of course, he's in a rush because not. And I said, I don't think it has anything to do with being old because old people it seem like they're never in a rush. But he's got to catch a train home, so I call Murphy. He's there in five minutes, and we go outside. Wait, I called an Uber, which I, as you know, I never do because we had to go all the way over to the west side to Scruffy Duffy's on 45th and 10th, all the way from the Lower East Side. 
If you look and like on the map, it took us through the FDR Drive, then going across Forty Second Street. And if you see it on the map, it looks like oh my god, that it doesn't look that long. But if you're going through Manhattan, New York, it's long. But by then, we were so happy, Richard and I, that it was over. Just talking about how bad the comedy was, and really just calling that horrible girl out and the MC just so bad. You know, the next day, Rachel was like thanks for coming and i'm like i hate you and she's like what else is new but she doesn't understand why so i really feel like we were duped i I gotta find i'll find out folks what her what her end game was on that you know i mean if she's having that girl go up to make her look good i don't even have a problem with that but have that girl do 10 to 15 minutes not a full half hour and she should be able to say well i'd rather do my own taping or something i mean it's 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 pretty bad Anyway, we went to Wings, and we had the absolute best time, the three of us. The place was more crowded than ever, but uh, we got there around halftime, and the place you know, cleared out for us to sit down, and we really had a good... It was great being with Richard. I mean, we hadn't hung out like that. I guess I hung out after COVID maybe once, but we just had a nice dinner. We didn't hang out and just have wings and beer and for a long time i mean me and murphy do it every day but not with richard and he's really cool and fun and i think he's gonna move into the city for a little bit he's like oh we can hang out more and i'm like yeah and so we're doing it again this monday coming up with martin luther king day and murphy and i are talking he's like oh i was talking to this guy and he wants to come i'm like no 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 if he's coming no dudes we just got to bring chicks we got to respect who we are dining with like Obviously, he wouldn't care if we bring dudes, but he likes it better when girls are around because that's what we're very much alike. Obviously, I like that too. I don't mind, obviously, being with other dudes, but we want to make sure he's happy and surrounded by women. Not that he would sleep, but he just likes being surrounded by women because he's Larry. Come on. You got to show the respect. And he was telling us, uh, we were talking about Three's Company, which was great. And he was like, oh, you know, Norman Fell told me this fantastic joke years ago. And I'm like, this is the best night of my life. <laughs> you got Norman Fell material? Come on. He's like, you know, it was very difficult when the Ropers left uh, the show. <laughs> this is... I was not this on the air. We're going to have our <laughs> stuff like that. It was fantastic, really fantastic. So he left to catch his train, and I think I had another beer because I was so happy. And I think I made a bet on the game. I just took it, and I lost. And yet I was still so joyful that we had such a good time that you know I decided to have another beer. So I guess I was drunk because I must have had like four beers. But then, of course, I had 16 wings. But I must have been a little bit more drunk. I had that Nara's Gasket beer or something. It was a big can of beer it wasn't like your normal size of beer so it was like a double can so i guess i was pretty wasted and I, I walked home i only say that because then the next day i was definitely hung over oh and that's the thing too there was supposed to be a well there was a tremendous rain and windstorm it was a bad day to be in the city and but it the best part about it was everything was quiet just like when i was walking home through times square on monday night what a difference it makes after the new year i mean up from the last two months being in times square it's been so crowded 
And now just everything's empty. This time of the year, everything is empty. People are done partying. These idiots have dry January. Whereas me, I'm like, this year, I'm going to drink more than ever. That's the resolution, dry January. Fuck you. And if you're going to do something dry, do it in February, sissies. The shortest month of the year, dry January. God, I hate that term. I guess a lot of people do this. So they didn't come. So on Tuesday, when I was walking, I, first I went to get my haircut. There was like nobody on the streets where there normally is. It's like crowded, but there was like really, it was like really easy to get around. And I got a haircut. I got to say, the guy did a very good job. Very nice. Very pleased going into class with a very nice haircut. I wish I could have done it next week, but we are virtual uh, this week, as I'm saying, tomorrow we start virtual for three weeks because Mike is out of town doing something. Who knows what that guy's doing? So we go to the cellar, and I have my guest Boris. And I'm t- and and then when we left the studio and went downstairs, normally I go downstairs, and outside Steve is bombarded by people, and he just he's, I will always say hello and introduce him to my guest if 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 it's a woman or somebody substantial. Not that Boris isn't a delight. But, you know, I didn't care if he meant Boris or not. But there was no one there. Like, I think people called out. They had reservations. They canceled. And it wasn't raining yet. It was, um, it was okay. So, but I think the weather just scared everybody. And quite frankly, after that, rightly so, because it was horrible. We went out for a couple of drinks afterwards, which I said I wasn't going to drink today, but I did. And then... When I went home, I took the subway home because I couldn't walk. It was so windy. It was so windy, I really thought I was going to get blown away. It was like that bad. It was a little scary. So I was very nervous about being out in it, but I'm glad I was at least heading home. But I was planning on getting home by 8 o'clock, and now it's 10 o'clock, and that was the worst part of the storm. And I had an umbrella, like a pretty good one. I had to keep putting, But I really thought I was going to pull a Mary Poppins and just start flying away. Except now, uh, because I'm so overweight, uh, I guess it's not an issue. But remember, you know, that's how the flying nun used to fly. I mean, if I was wearing a habit in that weather and I only wore 90, weighed 90 pounds, I would have flown away. Because that's, that's why the flying nun, people say, well, why is she able to fly? Well, when she wears that habit and she's only 90 pounds, the, uh, what is it, Santo Domingo? Santa Domingo, where does she live? Something down there. Those winds just carry her away. So I think I, I should try and get a habit. Well, I need, I'm going to need to lose 100 pounds first and see if that works. I mean, the writers must have taken it from somewhere, right? You just can't make something like that up. Well, that'd be the next one, right? You hang out with Sally Field, and even though she's won Oscars, you're just like, let me ask you a couple questions about the flying nun. Now, when you had the habit, I mean, that's... It's not better than Richard Klein. It's just it's a different better because also, she, you know, you're not asking her about her Oscar wins. Uh, now, in uh, Places from the Heart, sweetie, uh, and well, actually, first of all, she seems really cool, and I bet you, she, in fact, in 80 for Brady, her character eat, um, wins a wing-eating contest, a hot wings-eating contest. So... I don't think it would that be cooler than nobody's cooler than Larry, but you're talking about a woman who was in smoking the band at one and two, let alone the flying nun. You got some Gidget stuff to talk about the girl with something extra. I think, isn't that her? And 
you know, an Oscar winner and plenty of stuff and I think some Spider-Man shit. I mean, there's there's lots to discuss. Hanging out and having wings with Sally Field, I got to, mm, that could be on a comparable basis to Larry from Three's Company. I don't, mm, I got to rethink it. I got to, I got to rethink that. You know what? Oh, you like her now, Dad? Yeah, I got to, I got to rethink this. Throw a little Silver Liners playbook for you. Not that I give a fuck about football or about your superstitions, but if it's me reading the signs, I don't send the Eagles guy whose personal motto is Excelsior to a fucking Giants game, especially when he's already in a legal situation. Unbelievable. Wow. This is unbelievable. How did you know all that stuff? I did my research. I got to say I'm impressed. Thank you. Yeah, I got to rethink this whole thing. I didn't trust her before, but I gotta say, now I do. Oh, now you like her, Dad? I have to say I do. So on Wednesday, I get a call from that crazy girl, Jen, you know, who I gotta block periods of time to hang out with her, as you know, because this girl likes to party. But she's trying to help me out. She's trying to help me out with the, getting some a publishing thing going. And she's trying to help me out. She knows me. She's like, hey, that guy who comes to town once a month is gonna be in town I want you to meet him. Come, let's hang out Wednesday. And I'm like, great. Because as it turns out, as it turns out, I was supposed to have a dentist appointment Wednesday in the afternoon and then work four to midnight. But the dentist canceled. So I said, well, I can go back to working eight to four. So I'm like, oh, I got lucky. Yeah, I can meet you at seven. She's like, she's like, what time you want? I'm like, seven. I want, I said six. She's like, seven. seven. I'm like, seven, fine. I still have to go home and then wait. So I'm sitting there waiting three hours because I came home for lunch and I'm waiting four to seven. Just I'm sitting there waiting, like like really like an old man just waiting for things to start and walking over to Times Square. And then at 6.30, I still don't hear from her. She's all, I'll text you where we're going to meet. And I say, you didn't tell me where we're meeting. And she goes, and then she called me and she goes, oh, we'll just meet by my house at 10 o'clock. And I'm like, 10 o'clock? She's like, yeah. And I'm like, I have to work. And I'm like, but that's... Is there something wrong? I'm like, no, just that it's three hours. I've been waiting for you for three hours already. Like, I was trying not to be a dick because she's trying to help me. But but waiting six hours, just patiently waiting for her. I I couldn't seem to fall asleep or take a nap. And I'm like, can I do work? But I'm kind of tired. It was very confusing. I'm just waiting. I'm like, I don't want to go out now. You know, once it gets dark, it's impossible to leave. You guys know how hard it is. Once it's dark at five o'clock. And you got something to do at 7. You know how difficult it is to leave. You got to get ready and be ready to go by the time it gets dark so you're ready to leave. Like, keep your shoes on. It's just too easy to relax for the rest of the night and go to bed because it's dark. So 10 o'clock, but I got to meet this guy. I got to meet him. I got to do it. She's doing me a favor. So I met them at 10 o'clock at this place called La Rivage. La Rivage on 46 in Restaurant Row. I never heard of it before, but I, I know exactly where it was located. So I go, and I mean, and of course I'm early. And, there, and I walk in and there's a guy singing. And I'm like, what? this is the place? And they go, and they're like, oh, do you want it? And you know, it was really awkward because the guy's singing right in front of you. And I'm, and I felt, but there was nobody there. And I'm like, this is a strange place to meet somebody that we're going to talk. So then I'm at the bar and I, did I order a drink? No, I didn't order a drink because they came in. And she came in. These are the three loudest people I've ever met. Now, I thought I was loud, but 
I know how to be quiet in social scenes, even though it might not seem that way. So she brings this other guy. Remember, she always brings somebody else, even though she says it's going to be us. I mean, not this guy, other guy that she's made, a different guy she always met. She just meets people on the street. She's really crazy. And she meets this other guy, and he's so loud, and he's just talking real loud while this guy's singing. Hey, hey, how you doing? Hey, hey, it's good. Yeah, I just met her on the street. It's and, I'm like, and I don't say anything to be quiet, but I'm like, you, you can't see this guy singing, and you're being really rude, but is it rude if you want to talk? I don't know. I don't know who would eat there while the guy's singing because you just can't concentrate. I don't know. It's weird. So we were going to go somebody else, but they, she knows the people there, and she said, we'll sit you in the back, and that was perfect. So we go to the back. And it's the three of us. Her friend is late that I'm supposed to meet. And the waiter comes up and he's like, what do you guys want? And Jen's like, oh, why don't we just get a, we'll get a bottle of wine. Because that other guy's drinking beer and he's going to leave soon. And we're like, we, and how many glasses do you have? Like three, we're expecting somebody. Great. So he leaves. Then I guess he asks again, what do you guys want? We're like, we'll take wine. So I'm like, all right, now I'm like, something's off with this guy. This guy's, this guy's already an idiot. I'm, ar- I'm already having another waiter experience. The Dave Juskow Classic is about to begin. And you're welcome in advance for me going out this late for your benefit. I'm talking to you, the audience, Mr. and Mrs. Front Porch. <laughs> so he comes back. So our friend still isn't there yet, and he brings us two glasses. And I'm, and I'm like, this guy's a fucking idiot. <laughs> I'm already getting it. So the other guy, and then our friend finally comes, and he's just waiting to drink. He can't drink because... He doesn't have a glass. So the guy doesn't come back, or maybe he came back, and he still didn't bring a third glass. So Jen gets up and says, hey, can you bring another glass? And he's like, there's three of you? And I'm like, this guy's getting my last. So I kept telling these guys, who the fuck is this guy? Look at this guy. We've asked him three times. Just bring three fucking glasses, you weirdo. And so it's kind of funny already, and we're laughing. So we're talking and having conversations. Jen's really good. She's like, this is what Dave needs. She's like my manager. It's really great. The bottle of wine is in an ice bucket, like they do at fancy, schmancy restaurants. And he picks it up, and he's going to pour it for us. And I said, he's going to spill that fucking ice water on my pants. I know it. This guy's a fucking idiot. But he grabs a towel and covers the bottom of the bottle. And I'm like, all right, all right. He gets it. He knows. And he pours it for Jen. And then when he pours it for me, he takes the napkin away and it spills on my pants. And I'm like, dude, I knew you were going to spill it on my pants. And the weird part is I saw you get the napkin and I said, he's not going to spill it. He knows better. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. And I'm like, yeah, no. And it was just a small drop. But it was the point that I saw it coming. And I'm like, why are you holding that bottle over my pants? And I, I didn't yell at him, but I made it funny, but I made it clear you're a fucking idiot because you know, you guys know that is my pet peeve. So I'm not upset, but, I, but I'm talking to these guys about how much I hate this waiter, you know, because my favorite thing to do. And we're all laughing. So she's like, should we get another bottle of wine? I'm like, no. I'm like, whatever you guys want to do. So we decide to go to another place and we ask for the bill. And you can see this coming a mile away, that something's going to happen because already I'm, you know. This fucking guy. And uh, the bill comes and we all split it. I think, I don't know, maybe it was 60 bucks and she gave him like 75 bucks. And she goes, and it was all cash, which was really annoying. She gives him the bill and she says thanks. And he comes back 
and says, here's your change. I'll never forget it. He said, here's your change. And she's still talking. And then she's flipping through the change, which which is nothing to flip through because it's just five bucks. And she gave him a $12 tip and the guy bought us back $5. And she's looking at it. She goes, and I'm looking at it the whole time. But I said, I'm not going to say anything because she took care of it. She knows the place. But thank God she was looking. She goes, this this isn't right. And I said, I told you that guy's a fucking moron. He fucked something up. I don't know how he did it, but he also fucked this up. And so then she goes to talk to him. And we're there, you know, while we're up and talking to him. She says, I don't understand. Why did I get changed in the first place? And why is it only $5? It should be at least 12 or whatever I was leaving you. Because there should have been no change. And he goes, oh, we ran out of change. That's what he said. We ran out of change. Whatever the fuck that means, exhibit A and exhibit B. So you just, what? what is that? So you just, we ran out of change. All we had left was five bucks. You're welcome. As if, if, if that tip wasn't for him, he just wasn't returning our money because they ran out of change. The stupidest answer in the history of answers because obviously he would have change from the other money we gave him. So he was scamming us as if we were tourists because I don't think he knew that she knew every guy in there and the owner I because th- it's a big tourist area, I-, I guess. Or he's just a goddamn moron. Couldn't believe it. We were laughing so hard because they're like, hey, Dave called it like uh, right away that this guy was a moron. I'm like, thank you very much. You know, I see these kind of things and I uh, point them out. So then we went to another place down the street called Deacon Brody. I hadn't been there in a long time. I suggested the place. I'm like, I don't know this place. just a little bar. And we go there. And these guys are loud. And they start talking about Israel and Palestine. And that is when I just shut up because they're talking so loud, so loud. This one guy's voice just carries and her voice is like loud. They're like, Dave, what finally, you're like, I'm just like, I hope they shut up. Because whatever the views are, whatever they are, you just don't want to be talking about it at a bar because you don't know who's paying attention or listening. You hear the word Palestine, people go crazy. Once the word Jews are mentioned, it's even worse. And they're talking about this. I'm like, and I don't even, I don't, I don't even care. They want to talk about it. It's fine with me, but not here and not loud. And, you know, you don't, you always don't know what's carrying when people are in the bathroom. You can hear people in the bathroom when you're in the bathroom, you can hear people at the bar. It's perfect conversation that you might not be able to hear at the bar. And the bartender's standing right next to us as they're having this conversation. I just can't believe they're not paying attention, saying, like, maybe we shouldn't talk about this. Like, it never occurred to them. And then finally, they're like, Dave, what are your point views? And I'm like, I don't want to talk about this. And I'm never that type of guy. You know that. I'll talk about anything. But I, I, don't, I don't, I was like, I feel really uncomfortable talking about this here. And you guys are really loud. And they seem to get it once I pointed it out. I'm like, you just don't know who's hanging around. And things are awful. And this point comes into the next day, too. So you know, that I was right about being being careful about what you're talking about these days at a bar. And that certainly shouldn't be anybody's bar conversation because it's way too heated, no matter where you live in the world at this point. 
So they just relaxed, and then we had a nice time. I had another drink, and then that girl had a car come pick her up and went to some boy's house, I think. I don't know what happened, but I was glad the night was over. And me and my new friend uh, walked uh, towards the east side a little bit, and then he left and recommended a book I, a book suggestion, which ironically, when I was at Barnes & Noble's yesterday, it was right there. I'm like, can you recommend anything? He, he recommended, like, the book of the month, you know, club. I'm like, that's not really right. When I saw it in the front, and I can't remember the name, I want to say, like, the... The shop at the end of the world or something. I, I can't remember the name. It looked good. I was going to buy it, but the hardcover book's $28. Anyway, I don't know whether the evening was successful for me or not, but she was very nice to try and make that happen. She is a lot of fun, and uh, I think me and that guy were like, were like, hey, it's a good thing we got out of there by midnight, right? You know, <laughs> like, yeah, because that could have been a 5 to 7 a.m., evening and that's why i always tell her i mean i'm honest with her and i'm like i don't see you that often because i know i gotta block out a bunch of time for you usually so this was a miracle but we got started so late and she does work i think but i i don't think she ever sleeps i think her my perception of her is most people's perception of me that i rarely ever sleep and just keep going and whatever but i well at this point it might be the case and i think i need a night where I'm just going to take a sleeping pill and, you know, catch up because it's not good to just not be sleeping. And so I went out Monday night, didn't sleep very well. Went out Tuesday, didn't sleep very well. And then Wednesday, you know, so by the time you get to Wednesday and then I wasn't sleeping, that's three days. And that's how you get sick. We've talked about that before. And I'm, you know, I haven't gotten sick while everybody's around me has been getting COVID or RSV or flu or whatever. And I've been very lucky, and I don't mind telling you that putting that mask on in the subway, as stupid as you look, even though when I went there at like 9.30, it was all hot girls on the subway, <laughs> and I felt silly that no one else was wearing a mask, but I'm, I feel that that is helping, that that is not getting me sick. That subway has no air, so I just put it on the subway. As soon as I get out, I take it off, and I don't care about any other spaces, but the subway is just full normally. I probably don't need it at 9.30 at night when the car is just full of like girls going home, but in the morning or whatever, there's so many seedy people on it. They have to have germs. They're coughing. They're sneezing. It's so horrible, so that's definitely where I won't. Anyway, let me get to Thursday, which was yesterday, as we usually record on Friday. So I'm going to my mom's, and Joe, my friend Joe and his daughter are actually getting massages here at my house because I, I think I've told you they need massages because his daughter gets stressed out or whatever, whatever the reason they need massages for. So I just tell them they, they can use my house whenever. So I was going to Jersey anyway to see my mom. So they were here, but, they were like, but then we'll come back to Jersey and we'll, we'll have the all you can eat ribs. And I'm like, well, that doesn't sound awful. So I went to New Jersey knowing I was pretty much going to have all-you-can-eat ribs. I was pretty excited about it. So my sister came yesterday, too, and we decided this is the day we'll go see the event coordinator and plan Rhoda's 90th birthday party at this institution. And it was so much fun because this girl, I like this girl, and we talk all the time in her office and just joking around. They know she knows I'm a comic. She knows also that I'm a professor at Montclair because she went to Montclair State. So it's always funny. And we're having a good time planning the party. And I'm like, uh, listen, we'd like to plan Rhoda's 90th and 110th as long as we're here. You know, So 
I just kept <laughs> laying in the bits about how awful she is, whatever. Beth is like, David, stuff. But no, she was funny too. And we were, and the their other friend, the, the other person that works there, this other girl, they look pretty much alike, was in there too. And she goes, "Oh, you're a comedian," and I'm like. Well, and then, you know, Beth is like, well, he, you know, <laughs> whatever it is. She goes, you know, we would love to have shows here. And I'm like, yeah, I, I know, but uh, I don't know. So anyway, then she goes, then she found out I was a professor. She goes, wait, you are a professor because we really need professors here. We like to have courses here and we pay really well. That's right. No. So it's like, it's kind of like this. She goes, Let, let's, let's look at the way it actually happened. She's like, you're a professor? I'm like, yeah, that's right. She's like, what do you teach? You know, she's like, oh, I teach a class on Clueless or something like that. And she goes, because, you know, we could really use a class here. We we love having professors come, but nobody, you know, wants to come here. And after COVID, things got weird, but we like to teach courses like six to eight weeks. And I'm like, well, I'm very busy. I got a lot of stuff going on. Well, you know, if you could teach, um, you know, a class about Broadway or something, we pay very well. Jesus Christ. Went to church, praying Santa Maria, send me guidance, send me guidance on my knees. Went to church, praying Santa Maria, help me feel it, help me feel it, pretty please. And a voice from down at the bottom of my soul came up to the top of my head. And a voice from down at the bottom of my soul, here is what it said. This man is nothing. This course is nothing. If you want something, go find a better class. And when you find one, you'll be an actress. And I assure you that's what finally came to pass. However, that all being said, I'll do it. I just went in right to a chorus line. And, and then and then it was just like, that was just the, what could be fun? I mean, I'm like, what? So wait, you're saying I come here, I see my mother, I teach for an hour for pay, and then I go and do my other teaching and I've done everything I have to do on Thursdays and saw my mother and a good son and get paid all in one day. I get it all out of the place in one day. It's like it's like um, it's like the spirits of um, uh, the Scrooge, you know, uh, the, the Christmas Carol. You get it all done in one day. It seems like it's going to take three days, but you're going to get it all done in one day. And then Fridays are going off. Hey, hey, how are you? Who's it to be? The bottom is the So, I mean, that was really, they're like, what else can you teach? And I'm like, are you kidding? She's like, can you teach? At this point, she would have been like, do you know anything about chemistry? I'm like, do I? I just saw lessons in chemistry on uh, Apple TV. And I read the book like three times. Don't worry about it. The way I look at it now, and I don't know if I know, I mean, obviously I know about Broadway. Or I love Broadway. But do I know stuff about 50s Broadway and stuff like that? Well, yes. But I just do the research and then I teach it. I mean, that's pretty much what I'm doing now. There's a bunch of movies I've never seen before in the 80s and I'm just doing the research absorbing it and then putting it out in the way Dave Juskow finds things. It's like when I get the slides for the Tuesday show, I'm looking at the slides and then all these things come from me. I'm like, this reminds me of HR Puffin stuff. <laughs> I mean, which no other person could possibly think of in the entire world, which makes it a, a Dave Juskow only presentation. So I was kind of excited about that. So then 
Beth left and I stayed. And and then I was in such a good mood because I also had that delicious coffee they had there. I don't know what the story. Oh, because we ate lunch there. They had that Chinese chicken salad that was pretty good last time. I'm like, well, I could have a salad before I have all-you-can-eat ribs. And it was only 1 o'clock, and I knew I was having all-you-can-eat ribs at around 7. So I had a good time to, you know, finish up. So I had the cup of coffee. And then my mother and I, we just went upstairs. Beth left, which is the worst time when she leaves because uh, then it's just me and my mom, which it is sometimes anyway. But I was explaining to her the premise of the movie My Favorite Year, and she was actually really enjoying it. And I was so excited to talk about it. I guess I'm so ready for class because I haven't done it since October. I'm like jonesing to spew my knowledge, the useless knowledge in my head, and get it out there for everybody to listen to and hope to God. They are as intrigued as my mother was by telling her the backstory of this and and why it's so epic and why it works so well. We actually, we had such a good time when I was leaving. She's like, well, I'll walk you down. I I don't want the day to end yet, which is normally, as you know, she's always like, well, I have a lot to do. So I guess I must have done really, I I guess I had a good set in front of my mother. My, My mother, ladies and gentlemen. You look great. How do you feel? I feel surprisingly well, Stone. Thank you. So well that I'm going to make a prediction. Now, usually it takes me two or three takes just to warm up, but tonight I predict we'll get it on the first take. We always get it on the first take. We have to. You do? Sure. This is live television. Live. Live. What does live mean? It means at the exact moment you're cavorting and leaping around that stage over there, 20 million people are seeing it. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Mr. Swan, you're white. You mean it all goes into the camera lens and then just spills out into people's houses? Yeah. I said nobody had the goodness to explain this to me before. It's nothing to worry about, Mr. Swan. Our audiences are great. Audience? What audience? Audience? You knew there was an audience. What did you think those seats were for? I haven't performed in front of an audience for 28 years. (laughs) Audience? (laughs) I played a butler. I had one line! I forgot it. But don't worry. This is going to be easy. For you, maybe. Not for me. I'm not an actor. I'm a movie star. I go to Barnes & Noble, which is my killing time place, and you know, just kind of walk around there for a while looking for a gift for David Tell, whose birthday is this Thursday. And then I leave and I go to the rib place, Big Ed's, in Old Bridge, New Jersey. And I don't know when they're coming, but I just say, I'll just sit at the bar and I'll have a drink. And I did. There were three people at the bar. Me, me and two other, and and totally spread out. Like there's one guy across the bar and there was a guy in the middle. And then there was the waiter or the bartenders, whatever. And there's a guy, and I'm, again, in a pretty good mood. So I'm kind of interjecting. They're like, hey, where are you having your Super Bowl party? And this guy's like, I don't have the Super Bowl party. I thought he had an accent, but I couldn't tell. And then we started talking about it like, because they were saying, oh, my God, the Super Bowl is our biggest day of the year for to-go stuff. And I was like, oh, I'm surprised they don't have a big thing here because they it's kind of like a sports bar. And I was talking to the guy, and then he told me, well, you know, I don't go to And I'm like, oh, he's got an accent. I don't know. And then he told me he was Polish. He goes, I am Polish, so I just have like soccer. You know, I don't go. But my kids who are 20, they uh, like football, so we do watch the Super Bowl. And then he was telling me a story. And we just started talking a little bit, but he was mostly doing the talking. And then all of a sudden, the guy at the other end of the bar goes, you're Polish? He's like, yes. 
He goes, you know what's happening in Poland right now? And he's angry and just like, and they, and they all, all of a sudden I'm like, well, this, this turned fast, bad fast. And he's like, you see what's going on over there? It's, it's happening. It's going to come here. It's going to come here. I don't know what they were talking about, but I do know as the guy came over to him, the other guy I didn't want to be involved with, again, I hear Israel, Palestine, and the Jews. I hear the words. I don't even know what they're talking about this time because I'm talking to the bartender. I'm like, what the fuck happened? We were just having a thing about the Super Bowl. All of a sudden, they got in Israel, Palestine. And the guy's like, I know. It, it's so fucked up. I'm like, this happened again? This is exactly why I told those guys to stop. Like, look at this guy. He, just, he mentioned one trigger word, and the guy went crazy. And then they're just having this conversation in the bar. I do not want to be a part of it. Fortunately, that's when... Joe and his wife and his daughter came and we sat down at the table and it was just so weird. He's like, what were you guys talking about? I'm like, it, it, I, I, I don't even want to talk about it because it was so fucked up. Once the word Jews are mentioned, no matter who it is, if you are Jews, whatever, I'm like, I am out. Somehow this is going to end badly. You know, if you, you can mention Israel, Palestine, but you just, once you mention I don't know. It's just all bad. So look at this. Just keeps following me around. But it's not just me. I mean, it's everybody. You know, everybody's talking about it. How could you not? It's so fucked up. And it gets worse later. But for now, we're sitting there. And I had the all-you-can-eat ribs, of course. But then you can get the duo or the trio. And I'm like, well, I'm not trying to make a record today. It's not like the pizza eating contest. So I'll get the trio, which would give you was a Cajun catfish and boiled shrimp and i'm like i'll have that he goes oh well that doesn't come with it. you know it's 5.99 add a 5.99 i'm like no i know but i think he doesn't realize that you know joe's got money so it's okay joe said I, he's like here's what you because his wife was ordering i'm like well i'll do that same thing otherwise i i knew he was paying for it because i mean i did let him use my house i wouldn't have taken advantage but he said no this is what you should do but, but the guy had to point it out like because i don't think they expect the cfo of a company to come to big ed's before you can eat ribs, so they must have people like, oh, I didn't realize it was, you know, the same thing where, like, instead of coleslaw on my side, can I have a steak? And don't think that hasn't happened there before, because the guy's told us. So I get the all-you-can-eat ribs, the catfish, and the salt, and then and there was garlic bread on the table, which was delicious, and I got baked beans, too. Beans and coleslaw. The beans were fantastic. Beans were so fantastic I asked for another one, but I only got, then I got another order of ribs. I was ready for the other order of ribs, and then I got a third one, and then I was done because I had the other stuff. I think I probably could have gone for five or six if I was trying to go there, but three was plenty. Then we asked him, what is the record of how many plates did somebody actually order? He goes, well, there was this guy who came in. He was not thin. <laughs> And he used to come in and get just two or three plates. And then one day he had 13. And then we never saw him again. <laughs> Which is pretty much how it would probably end if you have 13 plates of ribs. But it was very good. And so I ordered the second thing of baked beans. And they're all laughing at me because, you know, that's that ride home is not going to be a lot of laughs. Uh, and then I'm eating, and then he'd say, are you done? And, and he takes, we're talking so much, the waiter, he takes my plate. With half of my baked beans still in it. I'm like, this guy. They're like, oh, he's a good waiter. I'm like, he just took half of my thing of baked beans. Well, I got a problem with the waiter every single time everywhere I go. It's unbelievable. I wasn't finished with those baked beans. I guess he thought you were finished because you didn't want any more ribs. I didn't want any more ribs. I wanted to finish the baked beans. Come on. 
they were so delicious. They were very delicious. Oh, they were very, they were very tasty, very sweet. So then we got a a lava, a molten lava cake with ice cream, and I had a cup of coffee. I know you're sitting there going like, "Oh my god!" But it wasn't just me. You know, well, I was the only one who ordered more ribs, but you know, they also had the cake and all that stuff too. So, I mean, that is what the place is for. Oh, I got photos. Don't worry. So then I leave, and they say, we have a present for you out in the car. Now, I have not tried this yet. I'm going to tell you about it next week. Joe's wife gives me this package. I'm like, what is this? Well, apparently, she made a hot cocoa bomb. I think that's what it's called. A hot cocoa bomb. Where just it's this ball of chocolate. I'm like, I just assumed it was a ball of candy, but it's not. It's something you warm up milk, and then you put this ball in the coffee cup, and it's supposed to be unbelievable. More on that next week after I use it. She makes it itself, but it looks, the way she packages it, it looks like it was bought at a store. And if it's as good as I think it's going to be, and even if it's not good, the idea of it is so brilliant. I want her to market this, but he's like, in New Jersey, you're not allowed to sell stuff out of your house. That's too bad. Because I would buy it as a gift for all of you Patreon subscribers. I get the feeling it's going to be awesome. So I'll let you know about that. Anyway, I head home, and it's beautiful because the GPS says, I think I stopped for gas again, so the GPS said 40 minutes from there, 40 minutes from the the Wawan Route 9, and I'm like, that's fantastic because, you know, sometimes it says an hour and a half, and you know, uh, but that's leaving at 5, 6 o'clock. Now it's 8, 30, 9 o'clock, and I'm like, that's perfect because, well, I just went to an all-you-can-eat-ribs place. I don't want to be stuck in traffic. That would be the worst thing that could happen. So I go, and everything's smooth. Everything is smooth. I'm going, the turnpike is smooth. The Lincoln Tunnel's smooth. I go right in. And this time it says, go up 8th Avenue. Now, many times it tells me to go make a right on 42nd to go to 8th or make a left on 42nd and go up 10th Avenue. And as you know, I got to get to 56th Street where my garage is. But I like when it says 8th Avenue because then it's not out of the, you're going in the way. It's kind of exciting. You're making a left right in Times Square. As long as it's not, you know, crazy busy, even though they took me that way on New Year's Eve, but whatever. And 8th Avenue is weird. They changed the habits or whatever. But I get in there, and then I'm like, now it's crowded, but the ways isn't telling me. It's still telling me I'm going to be four minutes. I don't understand what's happening. What do I see in front of me? Palestinian flag. I'm like, oh, my God. And I was just reading about these horrible Palestinian protesters that aren't even Palestinian. They ju- just, just, my mother had the post and, uh, in the library, and the cover was all of these Palestinian posers that are stopping traffic and blocking the bridges. And it's bothering everybody. Because when you're just a, a regular person who hates either side or whatever, and you're just trying to get from point A to point B, there's nothing worse than that. Why do that to the little people? that are just trying to get places. So I'm like, so right, they're walking, they're marching up 8th Avenue. So there's obviously traffic. The good news is, is that the cops are letting us be right on their tail. Now, there's no reason a car can't just mow them all down, but the cops are parading behind them in the back, I guess trying to keep it peaceful. I don't know if they have a permit or whatever the case may be, 
but they're marching up 8th Avenue, and all I can do, there's nowhere else to go. I cannot make a right or left because I'm going to have to get to where I'm getting. And it started on 45th Street, and I just we just had to go five miles an hour following this fucking parade route. And boy, was I angry. I already hate these protests anyway. When I found that it's just white people wearing uh, the turbans or whatever they are, uh, and posing, as they call them, right in the post, on the front page, posers. Then I even got madder. Because then you're, then you're just a troublemaker. But I'm like, this is the last thing a person who just went to an all-you-can-eat-ribs place needs today. You've got to be kidding me. Are you saying I made it just almost like five blocks away from the house and then I didn't make it? It would, it would be like, I, I don't know. You go on this big journey and you escape from all this gloom. You escape from pirates and, and hitmen and assassins and you finally make it home. And It's like in The Matrix where he's running and, 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 and as soon as he gets to the phone in that house that uh, Smith is there with the gun and he shoots him in the stomach. Oh, I made it. And you're at your home base and then you get screwed. I couldn't believe it. I mean, it was, it it was funny because it was worth. I was like, well, it's just going to take a long time. You know, they weren't stopping traffic; they were just making things annoying. I can't even imagine what it's like when they actually these poor people they get stopped on the bridge. Oh my god! And there's nothing you can do. You just got to sit there. You can't just abandon your car. Oh, but there's nothing funnier than. You know, having extra beans and then <laughs> being stopped. So if you thought I hated Palestine before, <laughs> now, oh, you, you don't have to pull that protest after I just went to an all-you-can-eat-ribs place, you sons of bitches. People are like, what? how do you feel about the Palestinians? Oh, they just do not understand the concept of all-you-can-eat. They don't get it. Well, I think they have other things on their mind. No, no, no. What they're not taking into consideration is that somebody just went to an all-you-can-eat buffet and they are stopping people. (laughs) You see, you can make comedy out of anything. And that's the important thing. No, I was just going to say, do you think there are funny people and not funny people? Yes, definitely. On the funny side, there are the Marx Brothers, except Zeppo, the Rich Brothers, no exceptions, both Laurel and Hardy, and Woody Woodpecker. On the unfunny side, there is anybody who has ever played the accordion professionally. Uh, just before we go, I'll tell you about the movies I saw this week. It's my new thing, you know, that I've been watching a bunch. So I got one on one side of the spectrum and one on the other side, in the sense of I finally watched the first Hunger Games. It was the what I was watching in the morning. And I ended up watching it because I was enjoying it or I wanted to see where it went. I think this is the worst movie I've ever seen. No, it's definitely not the worst movie I've ever seen. It's very poorly directed. And I am surprised that it's so popular. I think the direction, I, was, I mean, when the direction catches my eye, that's bad in a bad way. I'm like, I can't see what's happening What's going on here? You know, it's just it, it's it's a stupid movie, and I can't believe it's so popular, so popular that they 
made a prequel recently. I don't get it. I don't see the popularity. I mean, I get a little bit of it, but it's not a good movie, and it was stupid. But I'm glad I finally saw it, so I can at least make my own opinion from it. I thought Woody Harrelson was good. I didn't like Elizabeth Banks because she's dressed up in all this costume stuff, and she might be the prettiest girl I've ever seen. And I don't want to see her like that. I want to see her dressed hot, like she was at Sarah's party. She looked amazing. God damn. But, you know, obviously Jennifer Lawrence is very good. That guy, whoever her love interest is in that, he sucks. I mean, he stinks. And uh, it was just stupid. It's a really bad movie. I just don't get it. And I don't think it's old man stuff. I'm like, I just, it's poorly directed. And I like the premise is interesting. But then, you know, what they don't explain is like, why? Why why do they do this? I, I don't know. I thought it was dumb. Uh, I don't know whether I'd watch the other ones. No, I don't think I will. I don't know who that director was. I got to look that up. It's not good. Anyway, last night when I got home, go figure. I guess I had coffee. I had three cups of coffee, so I was wide awake. And I decided to watch this movie since I've been going on 83 now, getting the class ready for 1983. This movie called Baby It's You with Roseanne Arquette and Vincent Spano, directed by John Sales. I remember when it came out because it was like Roseanne Arquette, you know, like, oh, my God, she's so pretty. She's the one. People thought she was just so cute. I remember my friend Lawrence telling me about it, and people really liked it. So I'm like, well, let me see this thing. I mean, she is... You know, that's when she was Roseanne Arquette, which she was super hot, and it only lasted a couple of years. And then after Desperately Seeking Susan, I don't think she ever got any work again until Pulp Fiction. It's interesting. It's not very good. I, it's, it's really weird. I, I'm not sure if I felt that I made a right choice in checking it out, but I guess I'm glad I did. What did that guy end up doing, John Sales? He did, he did a couple of, oh, he did Eight Men Out. Maybe I'll check that out. Yeah, I don't know. It's like it. I, there was parts about it that were interesting. That you know, that it takes place in high school and it shows the two of the characters kind of maturation, maturation, and going their separate ways, and her going to college and becoming kind of different. But I still, don't really understand the premise for the movie. But again, that was the '80s. I'm glad I got to see it. I tried to either watch that or the Star Chamber with Michael Douglas because that's an interesting thing that happened with john hughes which i'll explain later uh but all and you know just the ones i didn't have to pay for i was looking for and baby it's you was free well because i have paramount plus and that's the only one i have everything else costs like 299 which i don't mind paying for but i want to make sure it's a movie i definitely want to check out so that's what i've been doing and that is my big plan for the rest of the semester so i will at the end of usually tell you which movies I've seen during the week. It's very important to get Dave Just Got Review. Anyway, we I, I always go longer than I say I'm going to go. I guess that's the end of this week's show. More Wings and Beer, the, final, the season finale of Wings and Beer. Then we can start losing a little weight on Mondays and actually getting Mondays back to doing stuff. And then class starts this Thursday, so you know that next Friday's podcast is going to be good. How are you? Oh, plus, it'll be Atel's birthday, which I somehow maneuvered him to start late so I can come after class, so I'm not going to miss it. So plenty to tell next week, and hopefully there was enough interesting stuff this week to regale you with. And otherwise, uh, I don't know who our guest is on the show this week. 
I do know we have You May Be Right coming out on Billy Joel A to Z. Otherwise, have a great week as usual, everybody. I hope everybody had a nice holiday yesterday since it comes out on Tuesdays. And I'll see you next week on Just Gallon the City. Good night, everybody. I'll be out.